the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. The calm before the offseason storm in the NFL. If you want the latest news on all the upcoming NFL transactions, you have come to the right place. Welcome in to the Spot Track Podcast. Brandon Kravitz here, along with the money man himself, Mike Gennetti. Mike, how's the week shaping up thus far? Calm before the storm. Right. Yeah. Hopefully we sneak a few baseball uh, signings in here in the next couple of days because camp is broken and there's actually games today, practice games today. So that's taking the usual long time. But yeah, the, the NFL stuff's really starting to trickle in. The The Saints have started restructuring contracts. So it's it's officially the offseason. We're here. Well, let's get into it. We have uh, a lot of storylines to come through in the NFL, but I think we'd agree the number one storyline in the NFL offseason is... It's already this. It's going to continue to be this is Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears and what they do with the number one pick and their current quarterback situation. So I want to dig into that angle a little bit. What are the actual chances they retain him? It doesn't seem like a lot of people are discussing that as a possibility, but it still is one um, because yeah. the the fruits of that number one pick would be something you could build an entire franchise off of. There's no question. And, and based on what he's been saying in the past 48 hours or so, he's a sick of this already. And we're not even there yet. Right. And, and B they haven't told them either way. So I, I'm with you. Um, I, I, my guess is that they're still running through all of their options. There's a world where the best option is to keep them and just absolutely take in three, four first round picks for that number one pick and really build this roster out properly with an, a, you know, a slightly above average quarterback who if has, the, the proper line and the proper weapons can flourish. Have we not seen that with, with too many teams now? Right. I mean, how many, how many Jimmy Garoppolo playoff games and Brock Purdy's and, and, and these quarterbacks that really don't belong there, the Nick Foles, how many times do we have to do this before we consider this an actual way to build a winning team in this league? So if you don't have the number one, a, you know, superstar player, I don't know that you have to go and start restart this process, but, yeah, the the chances I would say are forty sixty that he's retained. I, I put it that high right now. Wow, I really would because I think I that's think, higher than most would than, yeah. than most would set it. And I think the question then becomes, yeah, I, I agree. And I think most people that follow this sport would. You can absolutely build your team that way. We mm -hmm. have seen enough examples of it. You build up your roster. You put a quarterback that you can just trust to operate the system. And and you can go pretty far. And then also, I think it helps with long term sustainability as well. But you you trade in anything to get that next top level quarterback. Mm -hmm. You have to decide whether Caleb Williams or Drake May is that guy. And they very well could be that that becomes the real question is I think it really comes because, you know, you can get a lot for the pick. How do they evaluate those quarterbacks? Yeah. And and. Taking it one step further, right? It, it, Justin Fields is a solid quarterback. He has not been given a team that that has been allowing him to succeed. Why would we think that Caleb Williams is so much more talented that he can overcome all the deficiencies that this Bears roster has had? Because it's not like we're we're waiting around anymore. You know, there there are people in Jacksonville that want Trevor Lawrence gone right now, <laughs> three years yeah. into this thing, because he hasn't even come close to living up to the number one status. That's going to happen with Caleb Williams if this Bears roster isn't ready for him to succeed. So it, it is it is riskier than I think we're saying out loud, right? I mean, it's, it seems like the easy choice is just to reset the, the, the rookie contract, go with the stud quarterback, take the number one pick. 
there's plenty of data out there that says it's a, it's an absolute crapshoot, even with the number one overall pick, even at the quarterback position. So I uh, I always love doing this as a nice reminder of what exactly a pick like this costs. If you want to go back to the year where the Rams traded up with the Tennessee Titans to get the number one pick where they drafted Jared Goff, they moved up from, so they gave up pick 15 in that draft, two second round picks, a third round pick, and then a first and a third in the following year's draft. Yeah, I think you would, you could safely tack on two or three more picks this year. Jared Goff is not the prospect that Caleb Williams is. That's right. And and maybe having Drake may sort of dilutes it a little bit, but I don't think so. Right. You know, could you, could you have a diluted offer for the number two pick is what I'm saying. You know, maybe that's the savvier move here. Maybe the bears don't have the leverage they think they have. Um, they do. I want to go back to fields real quickly. I threw a tweet out yesterday. That's just been getting murdered, murdered as you might imagine. Right. Cause I put a contract value and, and, and all sorts of uh, information regarding where he stands right now and where things may be going. The reason I did it, and I was waiting to talk about it here with you, you, you can't say that Justin Fields is going to garner two second round picks or a second and a third and a fourth and all these things that are being thrown around, but then also say he's not a quarterback that should be extended. You know what I mean? It's just not how this works. Justin Fields on two years, 25 million, Brandon, is worthy of a nice trade compensation return. But I, I, I'm just worried that some of these situations we're getting into right now are going to tank this value like it did with Baker Mayfield. Doesn't it kind of feel like we're heading towards that Baker Mayfield situation where the Browns had absolutely no leverage getting out of Baker Mayfield's rookie contract? Uh, we could get there. If we get there, why wouldn't they just keep him? Why wouldn't they just keep Justin Fields? You know, and then make the draft pick or trade the draft pick and go from there. So I'm, I'm, I just want everybody to be on the same page here that you can't say he's a terrible quarterback, but then also want to get two second round picks for him at the same time. Those two things can't be happening simultaneously right now. So it's the I, mean, I see your uh, the the reach of this tweet is up to in the uh, two hundred fifty thousand range. So you're getting a ton of response here. What's the common refrain from what you threw out there as far as what? his value truly is. I never look. I assume it's not good. <laughs> I assume it's not good. I'll do the work um, for you. Yeah. No, look, and, and my response to be, would be this. And I did respond. I actually threw a comment in there responding to it, basically saying there's, there is no world where upon a trade, he's going to demand that contract. I think everybody knows that this is going to be a one-year trial period, and then we'll go from there. But that's just where he stands right now. And if you think 47, 48 million a year is big, not if the cap's going to 250 and not if that's not even a top 10 average salary for a quarterback right now, he'd be 11th or 12th when it's all said and done, assuming Tua and those, those players all signed. So I don't know. It, it just feels like Justin Fields is this modern day version of Kyler Murray. And Arizona bit the bullet on that one. And I don't think Chicago is going to bite the bullet on this one, but somebody probably will. I don't think this is a situation where he's traded, he plays one year, and then he's never a starting quarterback again. I think he's more talented than that. So it's really fascinating. There's, there's so many angles to take this from. The, to me, the hardest one is everybody knows that they're likely to move on. And how do they still get a good return for that? That's a really hard thing to do in sports right now because everything's so out loud on social media. I think the only way to do it is if there is high demand and then you pit teams against each other. But right. I've seen the, 
obviously the Falcons are going to be in the mix because I guess that's where Justin Fields wants to play. He, he, he unfollowed the Bears, <laughs> unfollowed the, yeah, right. And he followed Bijan and Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts and Drake London on Instagram and unfollowed the Bears so that, you know, that it's that time of the year, by the way, mm-hmm. folks, is the, mm-hmm. let's see where these guys are following, who they're following on social media. Um, so you have the Falcons, but the odds on favorite right now is not Atlanta. Yeah. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if you could get those two teams pitted against each other, would that be the only way to create real trade value for Justin Fields? No, because I think there's actually a favorite that you haven't mentioned yet. I think the Raiders are going to acquire Justin Fields. I think that's the team because they're the Raiders. Right? <laughs> because, because when it's all said and done, they'll be bidding against themselves if they have to. And by the way, it's a good move for them. They are not in a position where they can rip the bandit off there. They're either going to start trading players like Devontae Adams and Max Crosby, or they're going to do something like this. This makes sense. So I, I get this. They, they got a ton of relief with that Garoppolo situation, as we'll get to in a second here. And I, I think that kind of puts them in the driver's seat now to go swinging. They have missed on so many first-round picks in that organization. I, I do not think they're, they're, they're a team that feels comfortable rebuilding through the draft right now. I just don't. It feels kind of New Englandy, right? So uh, this would be the move. So now there's three significant teams, in my opinion, that are in on Justin Fields. All of them make sense. And for me right now, it's the Raiders sitting at number one. We just don't have a lot of precedent for this. No, I can't think of a lot of scenarios where you have an unproven yet uber talented quarterback that's on the trade market before his rookie contract is up. Mm-hmm. And we saw it with Josh Rosen, but he wasn't as good as Justin Fields already is. His market wasn't even close. I can't think of anybody else that no. that has been in this position. So we don't know what to... And this is typically what we do. We compare it to the past, just like we did with the first-round pick uh, when Jared Goff was selected. I don't really have anything to compare this to off the top of my head. We saw both Darnold and Baker get traded at this point in time with the fourth year, with the fifth-year option coming. That was exercised, right? So Carolina and take on both those players at some point in time during that process. Um, and that was mid-round picks. That was nothing. That was nothing to where we think this this trade will go. So what's different, right? Is it that this kid probably has a bigger ceiling? He shouldn't. <laughs> those were number one, number two overall picks. He shouldn't have a bigger ceiling. Are we just saying out loud that the Bears did him dirty? That he was just a player, a good player that got squ- swallowed into two really bad you know iterations of bears coaching and, and and roster construction probably that's part of it but i i'm with you i'm not sure this is different i'm not sure this is like a unique unicorn situation and if that's the case the the second round pick stuff that we're hearing and i've been saying it out loud myself might be a pipe dream for the bears with justin fields it may not get to that point unless there's three four teams in on him and you get some sort of bouncing around, but yeah, so then, look, you don't I have pause, that. I want to pause right there, then, because I'm curious. I don't hate the idea, and it's passed my mind as well. As far as the Bears just saying we're not getting what we want for Fields, so we'll hang on to him. But what's the upside in doing that? Is it just simply not caving to a deal you don't want to make, or is there actually a benefit to hanging on to Justin Fields if they say we're still going to draft a quarterback, but we're going to hang on to this one too because we're getting offered fourth round picks? It's a fascinating situation. To me, the only way you do it is the the temperature is so cold with these trade requests, and uh, I'm not sure we're there, that you simply just decline the fifth-year option and make him a one-for-three-million-dollar player. 
and then he just becomes your backup quarterback. Maybe you, you can utilize him as a way to slow play the, the, the drafted quarterback into action in 2024. He's going to hate it, right? He's already yeah. talking out loud. He's already saying stuff out loud that makes me think if this gets any more contentious, he's going to lose his mind, right? So I, I, I don't think this is the plan that anybody wants. And I do think there'll be a decent draft pick, but I, I really do think that this could slide into Sam Darnold conversations here where Carolina kind of brought him in on, uh, you know, a third conditional third with that fifth year option guaranteed. And it was for, for fields. It'll be two years, $25 million. There's worse situations out there. That's for darn sure. And we do know it happens every year. There's always a team that ends up desperate. They think they're in contention. Look at yeah. the jets. What would yeah. the jets have paid last year if they were able to, for Justin Fields to come in and save their season. So maybe the best bet for them is to just sit on their hands and wait until somebody is desperate enough for it. So that's what happened with Baker, though, right? Deshaun Watson was already on the roster. He already had the contract extension in Cleveland, and then they tried to hang on to Baker for maximum value, and it just tanked. It just exploded <laughs> in their faces. So I don't think they want to go down that route, but, you know. I think not- Baker was already determined to be a bust, though. And and even though that is obviously proven to be unfair, right. I don't think we've gotten to that point yet with Justin Fields where it's a unanimous opinion that this pick no. just hasn't worked out for Chicago. No, I, I think that's right. By the way, this could become a thing. So we should probably start to get used to this. You know, I, I just think we're going to get to situations. <clears throat> These quarterback contracts have gotten to such levels and we're going to see more of them this offseason. I'm finishing a piece right now for .com that breaks down five quarterback contracts that I think are going to hit in the next couple of months here. And they're absurd. So you're going to have a lot of teams look at their quarterback and say, we just can't do that. We, this is not the guy to get that kind of money from us and put that kind of guaranteed dollars in escrow. I, I think we will have a lot of teams start to tread water with this. And we've mentioned, you know, the Brock Purdy situation next year and a couple more things going around the league here. Fields is in that category, and I don't think this is going to be something that goes away. So this could become a trend-setting scenario that the Bears just have to figure out right now, and then the rest of the league can sort of follow from there. We're spending so much time in the sports media thinking and worrying and and going through all these scenarios with Justin Fields. I I think what you're talking about, we might already be there yeah. because this quarterback class... I do think Caleb Williams and Drake may, I personally like may more than Williams. I know that's not the common opinion, but they're they're number one and number two, but this is a thick quarterback class. Jaden Daniels, probably a first round pick. Michael Penix, JJ McCarthy's catching all sorts of buzz at Atlanta, Um, by the way, at seven. So you're going to have, you're going to have like four, maybe five. And and there's always another one that creeps up as we get closer to the draft, the combines right around the corner. You might have five quarterbacks go in the first round. Not all of them are going to be selected by teams that desperately need a quarterback right now. By the way, I'm really glad you said this. It is a phenomenal class. There's no question about it. I don't know how many of these kids can actually be pros, but this is a position that you just always want to find out. You know what I mean? It's worth taking the shot. Atlanta should do both. If Atlanta is the team that acquires fields, it should be, we're going to acquire fields and we're going to take the best available quarterback at seven. That, that's what our plan is. They've been screwing around for so long post Matt Ryan, right? And so many teams have done this, been spinning their wheels post superstar Hall of Fame quarterback. Can't, can't figure it out from there. Throw every asset possible at this thing. If Fields is the best available you know, veteran player and you're going to take the best available drafted player, now you've given yourself a real chance here. It, it isn't, nobody's ever going to say we have too many quarterbacks, ever. It's never going to be a thing in the NFL, ever, ever, ever. And if, and if it is, 
you're sitting on a pot of gold. <laughs> so right. I, we've I just seen think, that teams cash in when they were yes. sitting on that. Yes. So I, I, I think if I'm sitting here in Atlanta at eight, I'm doing everything I possibly can. And if I have to give up a third, a couple of thirds for fields and then give up the number eight pick for a quarterback, that makes absolutely perfect sense for the situation that they're in right now as an organization. Yeah, it's like sitting at the roulette table and putting your chips on black and red. You just right. guarantee yourself a win. So the presumptive number one overall pick, Caleb Williams, news started to trickle out the last couple of days that he's going to enter the draft process without an agent. Mm-hmm. Pretty on brand for him in terms of the perception around him. But what kind of complications, if any, does this cause for Caleb Williams? So... Less and less every year, we uh, things get a little bit more more uh, cookie cutter and a little bit more simplified. And you know, we're sitting here right now, February twenty second, and I can pretty much tell you right now. And and wherever the salary cap number comes in, will change things a little bit. He's gonna get get a twenty five million dollars signing bonus. It's gonna be a four for thirty nine guaranteed contract. Those numbers all exist. We already know based on the mathematical formula what what the number one pick is worth right now in terms of the rookie contract scale. But there are some things that that go into this, right? So generally speaking, the one of the reasons you hire an agent early after you declare for the draft is the training process and the and the marketing process and the the things that have to happen before you actually walk into that draft room. It costs a hell of a lot of money to go to training, to go to training facilities these days for these kind of players. And and what happens is most of these gigantic agencies, the Rosenhouses and the Athletes First. They'll float you $500,000 to go and do all the things you have to do for your pro day and for your training and for your endorsements and everything, you know, travel, room and board. They'll float you that money right now. Now, the reason I'm saying things are getting easier is, is what is Caleb Williams walking into this with? $4 million? You know right. what I mean? Like yeah, he's he, already well, rich. Yeah, he's a rich man. So that's reason number one why this makes more sense for him. He doesn't need to be floated any loans at this point in time. <clears throat> that doesn't mean... Things, are, things won't fall through the cracks. He better have a marketing agency right now that knows everything about how this thing works because he needs phone numbers. He needs contact information. And then when you get down to the contract stuff, and I know this is where you wanted to focus, there's two areas that he can really help himself or hurt himself with. Like I said, the numbers are there and they're pretty much set in stone. You can mix some things up with training camp roster bonuses and give yourself some early pay and stuff like that. I assume all that's going to happen. Offset language, we've talked about it a lot. They, he will be battling with Bears front office or with Washington's front office, whatever it's going to be, about offset language. And if, for those who don't know what that is, Russell Wilson has offset language in his contract right now. So he's going he's gonna to be handed $39 million to walk away from Denver in a couple of weeks here. And whatever he makes from another team this year, so let's say Pittsburgh signs him on a minimum contract $1.2 million. If he makes that whole $1.2 million, that is subtracted from the $39 million for Denver. So Denver now owes $37 and change instead of $39 million. The same thing happens with rookie contracts. So if offset language exists, and for some, some reason he is released out of this contract before the four years are up, he can double dip if he has the language. Without an agent, without an agent who has done this kind of work over and over and over again, the team can really hold out and really put their foot down and say, no, we're not doing this. You don't have, you don't have a snap in this league. We're not doing this. And there have been very, very good players that have lost that battle. So that's one. The other one is this. The, the big push lately, especially with second round picks and some of those later first round picks, 
is the is the timing of when the signing bonus is paid. So if I'm telling you he's getting a $25 million signing bonus, a lot of times, especially in, in years past, it was, we'll give you half now and you won't get another half until next March. And it sounds petty, right? Because we're talking about what? $12.5 million and $12.5 million. It's an insane amount of money. But suspensions, things like that come in. That's all recoupable. And if it hasn't been paid, ask Ben Simmons in the NBA. If that money hasn't been paid, it's a hell of a lot easier for a team to say, forget it. We're never paying it to you. And we'll go to court to make sure it never happens. So little scenarios like that, where he can probably work on getting all 25 million of this thing in 2024, maybe some now and some in September to make sure that it's all in his hands and it's kind of his to lose at that point. So those are the intricacies. Other than that, it's very, very cookie cutter. Uh, do I think this is a good idea? At this point, I, I, I'm I'm okay with it, Brandon. I really am. Now, he's making ridiculous statements like, if Lamar's mom can do this, I can do this. He's so arrogant with everything he's doing right now, and that's not a great look. By the way, that that's speaks just, to that marketing agency that you say he needs that more than he needs PR. Else. Yeah. And, and by the way, that's just going to make the team want to absolutely go after him even more. So he's not making this easy. But I do think it's a very doable process for a, a high, con, con, highly picked quarterback contract on a rookie wage scale. Lamar Jackson, it was, uh, was highly reported and discussed that when he was going through his last contract negotiation, he didn't have an agent. Did he have an agent when he entered the NFL when he was picked at 32? You know, I don't remember. I want to say no. I, I want to say he has gone pretty much the whole way without one. And, and there's been a, a bunch of high profile players doing this now. Um, but look, let's not be naive either. They're hiring people to do kind of the work that I do for fun, right? Which is somebody sitting there showing him the exact five-year breakdown of what this contract looks like, explaining everything I just explained. He's just paying that person twenty-five grand instead of three percent of thirty grand, which is what you know the, the the agent fee for a rookie wage scale would come down to. So he's saving significant money. He's probably getting the exact same advice that I'm throwing out here. And uh, all is good as long as the team doesn't sit him down and hold out on this process and make sure he doesn't show up to camp until, what, August 30-something because he's still battling his offset language process, which has happened. It's, it's happened with big players. And you'd hate to see it happen to a player like this because of this decision. Well, Caleb, if you're listening, I know just the man for you if you need advice. His name is Mike Gennetti from SpotTrack.com. Uh, earn Mike a nice little payday there. If you were to go that route, just throwing it out there, personal endorsement. We are in the middle of franchise and transition tag window season. No news dropping just yet on that. Why the hesitation from these teams? What advantage do they get by waiting until closer to that March 5th deadline? Uh, none, really. Um, essentially, what happens is the second you offer that tag, you have to allocate that cap hit to the books. And there's just not a lot of teams that have cap space right now. I think half the league is over at this point. Uh, you're starting to see some of those conversions come in to make some room and some releases come in as well. So teams are working on it. But for the most part, they're just not ready. It's it's a quick turnaround from the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl was 11 days ago. Um, there's a lot of ducks have, that have to get in the row. The actual salary cap has not been set yet. So the franchise tag values have not yet been set for a lot of these players. Uh, that's a big deal. You kind of want to know exactly where you're standing because some of these teams are going to be running up against the twenty dollars to $30,000 mark when it comes to cap space just to be compliant here. Um, and, and for the most part, it's you'd like to think that many of these players are still in long-term negotiations and they don't want to pigeonhole themselves with a franchise tag until the very last minute with hopes that they can actually work out some sort of deal. So I hope there's some of that going on. I'll be honest, I haven't heard much. Right, it seems like like Mike Evans is is walking away from Tampa. 
Seems like Baker's going to ch- get a chance to test this market. Um, I haven't heard an absolute peephole about Michael Pittman Jr. And right. he might be he might be my favorite tag candidate of all these, even more so than T. Higgins. This kid could be is going to be a stud with Anthony Richard in, in town. They cannot let this kid walk to the open market. It just can't happen. So no, um, I mean the Bengals could live without T. Higgins. It right. would be a blow to their offense, but you still have Jamar Chase, so you'll figure it out. Right. And Joe Burrow, uh, but yeah, Michael Pittman, huge piece. I was looking at that one too. I feel like he's a surefire franchise tag candidate. And we're hearing nothing, so maybe it means that they're working on a deal, and and that's just going to be how they announce things, and hopefully so. But yeah, the Josh Allen's of the world, the Antoine Winfield Juniors of the world, T. Higgins. We're we're starting to hear that those guys aren't getting off the roster, and 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 the tag will be in place at some point in time if it has to. But I don't know that we'll have a fruitful tag class this year. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Would it be a mistake for the Bengals to tag T. Higgins um, with the with the big names that they already have? Are, have having already paid Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase coming up soon. It just seems like a, a luxury that they shouldn't be able to afford right now. Yet it <laughs> seems like that's the route they're going to go. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you kind of mentioned it in the in the correct chronological order there, right? They haven't paid Chase yet, and, and they, they won't pay him probably until after next offseason, if I had to guess. Um, he's eligible right now, so it's not like they couldn't go and do that. But my, my, my thinking here is he wants T. Higgins around. They want to try to make this work. He's going to forfeit. He's going to push back his contract one off season, make sure Justin Jefferson and those big guys hit first, and then he'll be really ripe for 30 million plus. And you can lock in T Higgins on one for 21 because Jamar Chase's cap hit is 9.8 million right now. And that's probably not going to get changed. So you stagger things properly. You can make it work for one more season. My guess is T Higgins walks after 2024 and Jamar Chase comes back on 33 million a year and everybody's, uh, you know, none the riper for it. Can Kirk Cousins get tagged again? Or has that happened too many times now? Uh, it's not about the tag situation. It's about how his current contract was structured. His his agent is such a freaking genius, Brandon. He's one of the best guys, too. I, I talk to him often. Um, he's just the best. So not only has he, has he been fully guaranteed for six straight seasons, but the void date on this current contract is March 13th, the start of the new, new league year in 2024. Well, the tag window ends March 5th which means right. Kirk Cousins won't be out of his current contract until well after the tag window. So it's not even possible for Minnesota to tag him because technically he's not a free agent yet. So Interesting. It's, a, it's, a, it's a very savvy move by them. No trade, no tag situations. There's a few players like that around the league. But he's going to rock. And unless Minnesota comes up with the extension that I think he deserves, walk in for some of these Justin Fields, Russell Wool conversation teams that we've talked about today. Let's get to our quick hits before we wrap up today's episode. Jimmy Garoppolo suspended two games by the NFL for violating the substance abuse policy. Would this be the official nail in the coffin of him being a starting quarterback in the NFL? I got to tell you, <laughs> This is not a great uh, a great amendment to the, the all of the conspiracy theories that the league is scripted because when this dropped, that's all I saw was this is exactly what the Raiders wanted. They, you know, th- this was part of the process. This, this is a big deal. It's a big deal. Forfeiting eleven point two five million dollars to a player who was absolutely going to get released and paid that money to, to hit the door. So, does I think the whole package, right, him being benched halfway through the season for Aiden O'Connell, who's certainly not burning up the field right now, uh, plus this probably 
has relegated him to a backup role. It doesn't mean he can't make a couple million dollars this year somewhere. I don't know if he's that guy, though. I mean, it takes a certain guy to be that guy, and I'm not sure Jimmy Garoppolo is that guy anymore. He went through his lumps sitting behind Brady for a couple of seasons and uh, was in and out of the San Francisco lineup based on how things went there with injuries. So altogether, uh, he may just take his $150 million and run, and, uh, and I don't think anybody would blame him for it. Feels like it could be a Joe Flacco situation where he's still good enough to play in the NFL, but doesn't really want to sit behind anyone. And so he'll just wait for that call. And if he doesn't get it, he doesn't get it like that kind of situation. Might not be terrible business to wait until like August and see what happens during training camps and stuff like that. Yeah. Angels star Mike Trout said that winning with the Angels is more important to him than forcing his way somewhere else to chase a championship. A noble thought. Uh, He also said that he urged Artie Moreno, the team owner, to sign one or two of the remaining free agents to replace Shohei Otani. When I read that, I laughed out loud <laughs> in my workroom. Uh, one, <laughs> isn't it a little late in the game for that to replace replacing Shohei Otani? First of all, come on. Yeah. Uh, why does this guy have so much faith in Angels ownership? I find this story hilarious. I don't know. Between this and the Rendon stuff, it's just been fantastic coming out of Anaheim right now. I mean, it's just content creation left and right. Oh, yeah. Can can I give a kind of a hot take that's not really that hot anymore? Mike Trout has seven years and 250 left. I don't know that Mike Trout's worth that at all. So you talk about you're talking about adding free agents and pumping more money into the payroll. I think Anaheim would have to eat half this contract just to trade Mike Trout right now. I truly believe that. And uh and that's probably the biggest reason Artie Moreno hasn't traded Mike Trout. It isn't that Mike Trout is this loyal soldier who wants to stay in Anaheim his entire career. I don't know that there's there's anybody out there really begging to take this guy on at this contract with his injury history. It's just been too too many bumps in the road now over the past couple of seasons. And it's not like he and Otani were lighting it up together in terms of you know success on the field. So I I don't know. It feels like we're 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 cresting over a part of Mike Trout's career where we're looking to him to be this figure that he may not be anymore. And uh, you know, there's plenty of other other players in this league right now, not on Anaheim, by the way, that uh, that we probably should be putting our ducks behind because I just think 32-year-old Mike Trout with that money left is hampering that organization, not really helping at this point. Interesting. Well, that would explain his loyalty then. Go, oh, I don't want to go <laughs> right. anywhere else. This, this is the place that paid me. Yeah, you go back to 2019. It was the last time that he played over uh, at least 130 games in a baseball season. He also won the MVP that year, but since then... This guy's been missing time left and right. Um, so I I think you're spot on with that. Uh, but his expectation for Angel's ownership to step yeah. up, I think, is uh, misguided at best. I will end with a um, somewhat of a selfish question, being the Orlando Magic guy that I am. But this is the news that's out there. You Google Clay Thompson's name right now, and it's Clay Thompson to the Magic. Are gonna be, Unless the algorithm has gotten me. That's what I see out there. Uh, he's set to become a free agent at the end of the season. I've seen a lot of articles and NBA rumor mongers that have tied him to the magic next off season. Is this clickbait or is this reality based? No, it's absolutely a real deal. Um, I, I think I, I mentioned to you, I was somewhat surprised Clay wasn't moved to the deadline. And, right. and, and oh, by the way, they tried. <laughs> right. That's part of this LeBron conversation for sure. Um, so to think that he's leaving Golden State is absolutely in line with what's happening here. And to think that he would pick one of these young teams where he probably has a way bigger role on an Orlando Magic team than joining Philly, right? Or something like that. 
it's exactly what he's looking for. Now there's, you know, he's a West coast guy. There's a lot of reasons he might stay out West, but you know, OKC Orlando, one of these teams, maybe even San Antonio, if they start to really push the pedal down for, for Wemby, uh, which I sure certainly hope they do. It's the perfect fit. Can he play 82 games at a high level? No. So, you know, that better not be Orlando's only sign next off season, but uh, totally the right fit, especially from a locker room standpoint, um, especially from an effort standpoint, even if he can't do it himself, uh, just being able to, to explain to these guys what it's going to take to get, you know, to make it through June because it, it is a marathon. I, I think it's a perfect fit. And I know you've been looking for that locker room dad in Orlando for quite uh, some yeah. time. <laughs> I mean, this is definitely a couple of levels above just dad figure. I think Joe Ingalls is, is, uh, is carved out. That you nice just build the clay himself. statue the second you sign him in Orlando. <laughs> See, but here's, here's the thing. This is you are you are you you lining up what I think is the national perspective is is the magic would just be like the magic fans just groveling at the feet of Clay Thompson. Please, we need you so bad. Yeah, I they don't know. Clay Thompson would be coming off the bench for this team right now. I know that sounds crazy, but Jalen Suggs is two times the defender that he is. Why oh, would yeah. you bench Hell Suggs yeah. to put Thompson in? So it, then there's an, and so I don't think this is going to happen personally because Clay Thompson would come in thinking exactly that head honcho. Where's my statue? Retire my jersey next to Shaq's already, and I'm not sure this guy would even be a starter on the team. And then he would laugh them out of the negotiation table. That would be it. If I had right? to guess, I agree with you. Yeah, he's going to try to start somewhere. He's he's he'll go to do it to a Detroit or an Atlanta or a Charlotte just to start if he thinks he can get his minutes there. He's going to be a Laker, right? He's going to be a mid-level, Laker, mid-level exception for the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. He's going to stay out on the West Coast. He feels like a West Coast guy. I'll never forget when he talks about how much he loves diving into the Pacific Ocean. We just can't offer that in Orlando. <laughs> Not a lot of Pacific Ocean over here. There's <laughs> your geography special to end today's episode. A reminder to those out there looking for podcast help or audio production of any kind. For your business, let me be your guy, AuthenticAudioPro.com. Go check out that site for more details. Hit rate and subscribe to this podcast right here. And make sure you visit SpotTrack.com for all the latest in the sports and contractual world. Got new posts and stories coming up from Mike Gennetti. Mike, always a pleasure. Till next time, my friend.